Stay Ready is the mentality birthed through the trials and triumphs in life as an NFL long snapper. Join me in conversations with teammates, mentors, friends, and family who help me realize Stay Ready is so much more. A deeply rooted principle of life in all things faith, family, and football. From Music Row in Nashville, welcome to Stay Ready, the podcast. All right, we're back with another solo pod. Um, Last week, I just had a great time doing it just by myself, sharing a little bit of a life update with me, uh, with my family, with training, with my outlook on my future of playing football. And um, I think the response is really good, too. I think people really enjoyed just having me share that. And so uh, I figured, why not? I'm going to do it again. And so here we are. And uh, sorry. We did not release on Tuesday. Um, unfortunately, there was a, a, a death in in a family that's very, very close to my wife's family. And um, so I'd be remiss without saying and, and sending again my condolences to the Getty family. Um, uh, their, their son, Tim, had passed away and uh, 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 was very, very close to my, my brother-in-laws, um, to my wife, and... Um, just just gone way too soon and so my condolences and my prayers and thoughts are with the getty family and so i wanted to give a a a heartfelt shout out to you guys um the the funeral service was incredible so many friends and family from all over came to um pay their respects and say goodbye to tim and and i didn't know tim personally but man he sounded like an incredible guy uh a lot of friends um and a lot of family members were there, and it just—it was just an incredible uh, celebration of life. And um, again, just puts life into perspective. And and I can't even imagine what what they're going through right now. But um, again, my my prayers are for the Getty family, and and Tim will be greatly missed. Um, so we weren't able to record on Tuesday, and and because we were out of town. But um, you know, just it's a very very difficult time for them. So. Um, my prayer is that the Lord will will bestow comfort and be there with the with the brokenhearted, those crushed in spirit, and and just lift the Getty family up in in uh, hope and joy and comfort and peace during this during this time. And and we know Tim is at heaven. So um, before we get moving on, I just wanted to give shout out to to Tim Getty and and, and to the family. So God bless you guys. Um, like I said, we kind of recapped. Uh, you know, my, the first pod, I, I, I shared a little bit about the family dynamic with my new daughter, uh, Tatum. And, and I, I, I am very, very proud to say that her and I have connected so much better over the past couple of weeks since I last shared my struggles with you guys. And and it's I think possibly because, you know, she's she's really expressing more personality. She's giggling. She's laughing. She her eyes are just like kind of moving around and she hears you and she kind of follows your voice. And so she's more alert. So I think that connection that I now have with her is just blossoming. And, and my love for her has grown over these past couple of weeks. So it's it's so cool that now I feel more connected with her. And, and I'm like, you know, feeding her more and, and just talking to her more and in and my silly dad voice. So uh, I'm happy to share that, you know, my connection with her is growing for sure. When on the first podcast, I, I, I shared that I was just like, I felt like I was going through postpartum and I was disconnected and not feeling any connection with her. So um, that's been really, really good. 
Um, nothing, nothing uh, on the football front for me. It's been very, very quiet now that the draft is over and we're going into mini camps and OTAs. This is typically a very, very quiet time for me as an old veteran player. And so typically, you know, don't really expect to hear much of anything until, you know, late July, early August when training camp starts. That's when I've had most of my opportunities the past couple of years uh, with the Chargers and with uh, Cowboys last year. Is I, I was brought in during those times during training camp for workouts and whatnot, and it's worked out. So my expectation is to possibly not hear anything until then. And so I'm, I'm just training every day with, with my boy Jay Todd and, and just really, really uh, enjoying the process and, and, and working with younger guys. And just it's a great time for me just to, you know, work on my craft and hone in on my skill and, and, and work on things that I hope will help me just be better. And again, like I shared before, I'm going to be 38 this summer, which is ancient in the NFL, but I feel better at 38 than I did at 28. So that's just uh, um, that's just because of training and my mindset and my dedication to it and, and the sacrifice that I've made these past few years. And and I just have m- much more of a passion and drive to train and to work and, and to get better at things. And and that's that, that goes back to my boy, Justin Todd, who's my trainer and, and one of my best friends here who just continues to push me um, even further every year. So shout out Jay Todd. Um, love when working with you, and this has been a great offseason so far. The best yet, right? The best is yet to, yet to come, and, and we're just super hopeful that that call will come. We don't know when, but uh, we'll be ready for it. Um, so, again, on the on the football front, very, very quiet. But the NFL season is here. It's not quiet in the NFL world. So let's, let's talk about the draft. The draft concluded a couple weeks ago, and I made some my bold predictions about who I thought – uh, the teams that I had played for were going to draft in the first round. So let's recap that because I feel like I was uh, was pretty close on a couple and and a little far off on the others. So let's go to the Jaguars. And the Jaguars, I thought were going to draft a defensive player, maybe a DB or or a safety um, to bolster that young offense or a young defense. But they went the complete opposite direction. They drafted an offensive tackle in the first round and. Um, with the 28th pick, they got Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. And I think this was dictated off of the fact that maybe Cam Robinson is is facing a, a, a suspension this year. Um, so maybe that's what swayed them to go after a, a, an offensive tackle. Great, a great athlete. But if Cam wasn't uh, facing a suspension, I don't think they go offensive tackle because Cam Robinson is one heck of a left tackle. So... Uh, you know, the Jaguars got a guy that I didn't think they were even going to get, but I think that's a, a, a need for them at the moment with the pending suspension. Um, let's go to the Titans. The Titans, I thought, were going to do make a splash move, not like last year where they got rid of A.J. Brown, um, but with a new G- GM, I thought this guy was going to go after a quarterback in the first round, so either trade up to get one of those top-tier guys or, or make some sort of trade. I know there was speculation about Derrick Henry being on the trading block, but you'd be silly to let A.J. Brown go last year and then Derrick Henry this year. No chance that's happening. Um, but they went with offensive tackle, and they got uh, Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. Again, not a sexy pick. A lot of you know teams that go with the offensive lineman in the first round, it's not a sexy pick for the fan base. But – they have to remember, Taylor Lewan is no longer there, so they had to fill those big shoes. So they got 
Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. Um, again, I've been around um, offensive linemen that have come out of Northwestern, and they all are dogs. I think of Rashawn Slater, who was picked in the first round by the Chargers a couple years ago. That guy was an all-pro uh, pro bowler his very first year. So this guy, I think, has the high ceiling just like Rashawn Slater. So, you know, the the Titans go after um, and bolster that offensive line because it, it was a big need. And then they get Will Levis in the second round. So they got their quarterback of the future as well, possibly. So um, that's the Titans, uh, what they did right there in, in the first round. Um, let's go to – let's see here. What did the Cowboys do? Okay, Cowboys. I thought – let's go Chargers first. Chargers first. So Chargers, I thought they were going to go receiver to give Justin Herbert another weapon, and they sure did that. They got Quentin Johnston out of TCU, the the, the speedy, tall, lengthy guy. Um, this dude is just going to – he's going to be a problem because you have you have to defend him, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So Justin Herbert just got another weapon um for that high-powered offense and uh I mean it's just like goodness. I mean, who do you defend? Who do you double team? You can't. And so um and then you got you got Eckler out of the backfield. I mean, it's just like, man, another headache for these for these defenses to to game plan. So Quentin Johnson out of TCU, I thought the Cowboys would potentially go after him. But, um, you know, the Cowboys picked later and, uh, you know, the Chargers got themselves a, a legit receiver in the first round. Um, let's talk about the Cowboys now. So the Cowboys picked 27th. So I thought they were going to go offense and go after a receiver to help Dak Prescott out a little bit more with CeeDee Lamb. Um, and I forgot that it, they even um, – uh, I mean, they have Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, but they they got um, – gosh, why is my – my brain fart right now happening, but they got a, the receiver from Houston, um, which was which kind of a TYS type guy um, has had like multiple thousand yard receiving games with multiple teams. So again, adding another receiver to that core already would be huge. Um, but they ended up going defensively, bolstering that defensive line. They got Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, and uh, I didn't I didn't know the name. Um, but after watching the highlights that this dude's a monster in the middle. So this guy is just, it sounds like this dude, Michael Parsons was like, he was, he wanted this dude and he got his dude. And so that defensive line is just going to get even stronger and better. And that defense, that defensive front seven is nasty. And then you add the, the secondary to it too. So it's just, again, the Dallas Cowboys are setting themselves up to be a top five defense again in the league, um, paired with a top five offense. So, Dallas definitely improved uh, on that end with Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. And last but not least, my beloved Colts, they had to go quarterback. I just didn't know which way they were going to go, if they're going to try to trade up or trade back. And my thought was that they were going to get – Hendon Hooker I thought was the most overlooked, underappreciated quarterback, underrated, most underrated quarterback in the draft. And I know his ACL um, injury probably knocked him down on the draft board. But by gosh, I thought Hendon Hooker was going to be the steal of the draft. And I still still think he is. Um, I think the Detroit Lions ended up getting him. Um, but I thought that if the Colts wanted to go Hendon Hooker, that they can trade back, get maybe a top-tier receiver or a pass rusher, um, and then they can this they can still land Hendon Hooker like in the in the late first round or early second round. Um, but they got Anthony Richardson with the fourth with the fourth pick. And Chris Ballard, the GM for the Colts, he came out saying, I had to get him because I didn't want to see him become a superstar on another team. 
So they got this dude, Anthony Richardson, who just blew the top off of the combine, ran like a 4-4. The dude's like 6'5", 240. He's Cam Newton-esque, but with a better arm. He's fast. He's twitchy, like Lamar Jackson. So, like, I mean, it's it's crazy, like, the ceiling that this guy potentially could have. Um, so the Colts got their guy, their quarterback of the future. I was there in 2012 when the Colts drafted Andrew Luck first overall. Um, that was a, a can't-miss pick. This guy is a little more of a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get, and and um, but he's owned the criticism, and it seems like this guy, this guy Anthony Richardson, has a, a good head on his shoulders, and I think it's a good fit for the Colts um, because they needed a quarterback. So that's our draft recap. Um, overall, I thought the draft was, was pretty exciting. The first round was cool. Um, honestly, I thought I thought the Eagles had one heck of a draft. Again, they drafted a bunch of dudes from Georgia, and uh, they arguably got the best uh, defensive player in the draft. Um, some were saying that you know, not too long ago, this guy was potentially the first overall pick, and uh, but the the Eagles snagged him late in the, in the first first round. Um, so I thought the Eagles had a, a great draft. And um, yeah, it was just, it, it was exciting. Kansas City was a great host city. And the energy was there. Um, I think they need to bring it back to Nashville, though, because Nashville a couple of years ago was was electric. And having that draft right there on Broadway was, was really, really cool. So uh, no complaints there on the draft end. We have um, some more more uh, housekeeping with the NFL. They're, they're, the schedule is being released this week. Um, however, they did release the international games um, today. And there's five international games this season. Um, a couple surprises. Um Jacksonville is going over there twice, um, which is crazy because, man, it is hard to travel. I know Jacksonville goes over there every single year to London. I, as uh, a Jaguar, I went over there twice and played, and and it's tough, man. It is tough to get uh, acclimated to the time change, and um, it's a great experience, a great um, environment, but it's just it's hard on it's hard on the players. The travel is long. Um, and so for them to go over there twice um, is going to be interesting. And I don't know where their bye week is going to fall in that because typically NFL teams will have their bye directly after going over to London or now Germany. Um, and there's two Germany games. I think Miami and um, Casey are facing off in Germany, which would be crazy. The big headline there was Tyreek Hill is not going back to Arrowhead. They're gonna He's going to face off against his former team in Germany. So that's going to be a, a huge game. Big matchup late in the year. And then the Colts and the Patriots are facing off in Germany as well. So I'm excited for the Colts to go over there. Um, and hopefully, I mean, I mean, the Patriots are kind of down right now. The Colts are kind of down, so you don't know what you're going to get. But uh, hopefully by that time, like, the Colts are, are rolling, and uh, that'll be a big game for them, um, another AFC foe. And so, um, yeah, I think the international games are cool. Um, going to Germany, I heard, is awesome. So besides the travel and the logistics of everything, it, it is tough, but it's it's quite the experience for for players. And when I went over to London, I've been over, over to London three times, once with the Colts, twice with the Jaguars, and playing at Wembley Stadium is incredible. It's like I know it's not the old original Wembley Stadium, but, like, this is a legitimate 100,000-plus um, fan, you know, stadium, and it's like a soccer um, environment. I mean, they got the flags waving, and um, they got the banners, the the uh, they got the chants, and all that kind of stuff going on. And and it's just it's a very very cool experience um, to play over there in front of those those fans. And as the NFL continues to expand their brand, 
there is just no question that they're going to continue to keep pumping more games internationally and and we we you know we're now in London and Germany and Mexico City. I know they've done games over in Japan, but I mean, I would have to expect that they're going they're looking at other countries to go to. So, um it's really really cool to go over there. It's hard on the body, it's tiring, especially if you're a West Coast team flying all the way over there. Gosh, that's that's long, but um yeah, it, it, it we'll see what the uh what the NFL schedule comes out tomorrow with the big primetime games. I think everyone's kind of, you know, waiting on pins and needles to kind of see where Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, where they land on the primetime games. I'm sure they're gonna get some big um Sunday night, Monday night games. Um and another interesting thing this year is that I think there's some teams that are potentially gonna play twice on Thursday night, which creates a massive discussion. Um, amongst players and player safety. I know the Thursday night game is it, it's 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 kind of 50-50. A lot of guys hate playing on Thursday night, but a lot of guys love playing on Thursday night and I think there's pros and cons to it. A lot of it has to go, you know, has to deal with, you know, the turnaround time and you play on Sunday and then you have to rest your body and recover for that Thursday night game and it's tough. And I'm a long sniper, so I'm good. I'm playing. I could play every single day of the week. It don't matter. But the dogs that are in the trenches, this is tough for them. So that's where the player safety concern um, discussion arises. And like, is this really good for the longevity of players? And it's is it safe? Is it um, does it make sense? So not only have they not gotten rid of Thursday night games, but now they're adding more, and and potentially more teams are going to be playing on Thursday night and playing multiple times in a year. So that's crazy. I don't know how that's going to work out, but again, it's all about money, right? The NFL is all about making money. And, and so if they can play more games uh, and and get the televised numbers and all kinds of stuff for the networks, then they're going to do it. This episode is sponsored by the stay ready brand, because why not? I'm going to sponsor myself until somebody else does to get your hands on some sweet hats, t-shirts and all stay ready related merch visit mattovertonbrand.com. Now back to the episode. Um, I don't know where the NFLPA is going to come into play on that and, and put their foot down, but it sounds like there's teams this year playing twice on Thursday night. So that'll definitely be interesting. Um, but one of the pros of playing on Thursday night, it's like a mini, it's like an added mini buy. So if, you're, if your bye week falls on week seven or eight and then you play on Thursday night week 15, you get that, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So I mean, it's it's there's pros and cons to it. Um, I know guys hate playing on Thursday night, but guys don't mind at all because you get that added um, mini bye week at the end. So the NFL schedule dropped this week, so we'll do a recap next week on that and and highlight kind of the the big primetime games um, and where where they land. Um, other than that, man, I, I as as mini camps and rookie camps, you know, open up this week. Um, it was pretty interesting to me because I had a, uh, I had a young guy reach out to me right after the draft, a uh, young long snapper. And, uh, it meant the world to me because he, he's a young guy that had, has been looking up to me for a while. And, and so I thought that was really cool, but he was frustrated. He didn't get drafted. He was not yet signed as a undrafted free agent, but he got a mini camp invite, um, to an NFL team. And, you know, I just had to tell him like, listen, like, I know you're frustrated. I know you anticipated getting drafted. Um, you had people saying that you were going to get drafted. And by all means, I thought he was going to get drafted. I mean, he's he's that talented. Um, and there was teams that needed a long snapper. But for whatever reason, you know, 
there was no long snapper drafted this year. And that's pretty typical. Um, every few years there's a guy drafted, but most of the time, you know, long snappers don't get drafted. Um, they just get picked up um, after the draft as a free, uh, undrafted free agent. But um, this particular player um, is going to minicamp as an invite. And um, I just had to remind him, like, listen, like, you have an NFL opportunity. If you would have told yourself that three, four, five years ago as you were in college or entering college that in four years that you would be going to an NFL minicamp after you're done college, like, I'm sure you would be ecstatic and excited. Um, so don't overlook this opportunity because it's a huge opportunity. Just getting your foot into an NFL team, whether you're invited, a tryout, or signed or drafted, it don't matter. Like you are in the NFL and it's, it's an incredible opportunity and it's an incredible blessing. So I just had to kind of remind him like, Hey, like you're all right. You're, you, you're, do, you're doing good. And in this particular team that he's going to, like they're big on competition. So I know that he's able to go in there, perform at a high level um, and, and focus in on his, his job. He's going to do great. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, potentially he'll get signed soon. So, um, it just reminded me of myself, you know, 12 years ago when I went to my first mini camp. Um, I went to Seattle as a um, as an invited player, and and I I was just I was not prepared. I was not mentally ready. I was not really physically ready. I was still a very very raw long snapper at the time with no coaching. Um, and man, I just went in there like a fish out of water. I was more starstruck than anything too as a fan. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm locker. I'm locker mates now with you know next to Matt Hasselback and Sean Alexander and Lofa Tatupu, these guys who I loved watching every Sunday. Like I'm in the same locker room with these guys, and I was like starstruck. And it distracted me from like going out there and doing my best at minicamp, you know. And and uh I, I was just like my first NFL experience, like the acronym for NFL is not for long. Well, that was me. I got that dose of that and I was sent packing after minicamp, go back home and and, um, man, if I could just, if I, if I could share what I know now to my younger self, like, um, my mindset, it would have been so differently. So I love being able to share this wisdom and my experience with these younger guys who are now entering the NFL, um, because it's not easy. And, but again, just getting your foot in the door is an incredible feat. It's a blessing. It's a huge opportunity. So don't overlook any opportunity. And even if you don't to the young guys out there, if, 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 you have yet to get that call from an NFL team. I mean, seek the USFL, seek the XFL. These are great leagues that are giving these guys opportunities to play during the spring and could could potentially be a huge stepping stone for you to land an NFL contract. So don't get discouraged. There's no right or wrong way to get to where you want to go. Keep working hard, have patience, have faith. And, you know, when that door cracks open, go kick it, go kick it down. And uh, to that young guy who's going to minicamp this weekend, like I have, I have all the faith in the world that you're going to do great. Just, just again, walk in that locker room, act like a pro, be a pro, and just go out there and, and do what you know to do best um, because you've prepared yourself for so long for this moment and you're ready for it. You're ready for it. I know you are. Um, so don't worry about the outside noise. Don't worry about the outside distractions because those, those distractions – will keep you from doing your best on the field. Um, so that's my advice to these younger guys going into rookie minicamp um, and minicamps uh, this week and next, um, and as you get into OTAs and all that kind of stuff, preparing for training camp. So it's a wild ride as a rookie. The season is so long because you have a long college year. You 
prep for the combine, you do pro days, you do the draft process, and then you just go right into mini camp and all. It's it's just a, it's a whirlwind of an experience for a rookie. So just take it one day at a time. <laughs> take it one day at a time for sure, and soak it all in, and be coachable, and have fun, and just relish in the moment because you are in the NFL. Um, switching gears here, I just wanted to share a little bit like of my household of our guilty pleasure right now between my wife and I, we are like, Oh my God, we are so invested in this TV show called Vanderpump rules. Now it's like all the craze right now. Obviously the show has been out for a while. I watched the show back in the day when it first came out, I watched it pretty religiously, you know, back in the Stasi days and the Jack's days and all that kind of stuff. But my wife has now watched from season one and we're all the way current and like, season nine and 10 like is wild. Like I am, I'm like glued to the TV in anticipation. Like I love the drama. It's a train wreck of a, of a TV show. Um, who's cheating on who, who's getting into divorce, who's, you know, gossiping behind somebody's back. Like it's just, it's, it's a mess that you just can't turn away from. And we are, we are like incredibly invested to the point where now we're, we're listening to like podcasts of, of these cast members who have their own podcast and or former uh, cast uh, members, and we're we're like listening to like you know the the gossip and the rumors and what's going on and it, it, right now we're in the Scandaval like thing and and this is huge like Tom Sandoval is is allegedly cheating on his longtime girlfriend with this girl Raquel who just recently got out of an engagement with my boy. Um, uh, James Kennedy, like it, it's just like it's 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 a mess, and it's like Tom Schwartz made out with Raquel in Mexico, and he just got out of a divorce with Katie, and like it's just like this circle of friends is a train wreck, and we cannot stop watching. So my wife Bree and I, we we're caught up now in season. I think we're in season ten, and we're up to the point to where now we're current, so we have to wait every week for a new episode to come out. So if anybody else is watching along on Vanderpump rules, Oh my gosh. Like what? Oh, I just, it's just, we just, I can't wait to find out what's going on with, with, with hashtag scandal. This guy, Tom is a sleaze bag. How could he do that to his long-term awesome girlfriend, Ariana, Ariana, I guess her name's Ariana. Yeah. But, um, gosh, it is, is, I'm just I'm fully invested into Vanderpump Rules right now, and it's wild. Uh, so that's that's kind of our the Overton household guilty pleasure at the moment. Um, I guess my I want to I want to I, I do want to share my favorite cast members on Vanderpump Rules. Um, I I am not ashamed to admit that James Kennedy is probably my favorite. Um, member on the show i mean the guy is just off the wall you don't know what you're gonna get and he's either very dramatic he's crying he's getting a fight he's throwing a drink in someone's face he's djing he's doing these things like he's in love and i mean i love james i'm a big james kennedy fan i think he's just a little bit misunderstood and i think he's got a uh, he's got a good heart just does not think about the things he's about to say and um i think that's kind of where people dislike him but I, I I'm a big fan of James Kennedy I'm also a big fan of Tom Schwartz 
this guy is like the happy-go-lucky guy, just got out of a divorce. He's the sweet guy, innocent guy. It's like it's hard not to to dislike him. Very, very likable guy. Um, I also like Lala. I think she's very blunt, honest, in your face, rough around the edges. Like she's going to smack you in the mouth. Like I kind of like that. She's just like, I don't know. Just uh, she bros out with the bros and and but I I the thing I don't like I just don't know where her and James Kennedy stand like they're best friends but yeah she's always talking crap about him behind his back so it's like I don't know like and then I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Ariana I think she's cool and then I'm a big fan of Lisa Vanderpump because I mean she's the woman behind it all and and uh, she's witty she's smart she's a businesswoman and but yet she's also like committed to like having her life you know, surrounded by this drama and this madness. And, um, it's just, again, big Vanderpump rules fan here. And, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now with reality TV. Thanks to my wife. So other than that, guys, that's just, uh, <laughs> that's just kind of on my heart today. We did a little NFL draft recap. We talked about mini camp that's going on right now. Um, and shared my guilty pleasure with what the Overtons are currently watching on a religious basis with Vanderpump Rules. Um, but again, life is good. I, I, again, I'm happy to share that you know I'm connecting really, really well with my with my uh, two month old daughter Tatum. True is two years old, going on 15. Um, like she is like the little diva of our household. She is so smart, so witty, um, little sassy. Um, but it's so, so awesome to see, um, just how quickly she's growing and starting to talk and her personality is really starting to blossom. So, um, yeah, I, 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 the, the response I got from sharing kind of my postpartum struggles, um, in the last podcast has been great. I mean, um, just, it's just something that us guys, us dads don't talk about very often. So I wanted to be vulnerable and open about that kind of stuff. And, and that's what all this, you know, solo podcast about is just being open and honest and vulnerable, sharing my heart, sharing my struggles, sharing with, you know, whether it's, you know, my marriage or parenting or football and, and, but everything at the house is good. The Overton, the Overton family's doing good. My wife is thriving. She's great. Um, Tatum's growing up. My little bean, I call her beanstalk. Um, she's, she, she's a little, she's a little petite, a little tiny. We're just trying to, trying to have her gain some weight. Um, but she's doing great. And then true bear, uh, she's doing, she's thriving as well. It's doing great in school. Um, and, uh, so we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Training's going great again. Like I said, with, with Jay Todd, um, and preparing for an opportunity. So I hope you guys are really enjoying, you know, these, these solo pods and, and just having me kind of share things, whether it's, guilty pleasures like Vanderpump rules or talking about football, talking about parenting, talk about whatever. So, uh, I'm, I'm having fun doing them. I hope, I hope you enjoy having it and we're having some guests coming on soon. So sorry for the delay. Thank you for understanding. And, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. And, uh, again, thank you so much for supporting this podcast and, and, uh, we're just, uh, going to keep going. So hope you guys are doing great. God bless. And, uh, we'll see you next time.